Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flyworld Nation community, go to flyworldnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. What I realized was that metaphor has solutions hidden within it, but we're using it to say we're stuck. When we use those words, I can't see the wood for the trees. That's it. I'm stuck. Full stop. But those very words contain a a metaphor and that metaphor does have solutions. So put the situation to one side. We don't want to start saying how does what I'm just about to say relate to that situation too quickly. We need to stay with the metaphor for as long as possible. So if I can't see the wood for the trees, what would I do in a real wood? What are you noticing about this wood? Somebody will say, I need to follow that path or not follow that path. Or I need to turn around and go in the completely opposite direction. I had somebody recently say, it's about the stream. I need to follow the stream. How does that then relate to their problem? Because that's the idea. We just come up with multiple different Mm. solutions for seeing the wood for the trees then look to relate them to the current situation. You've now got a lovely list of options. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Alison Smith, a specialist in guiding individuals through challenging moments using an inventive nature-inspired approach. With over two decades of coaching and problem-solving expertise, Alison offers a unique perspective that consistently produces results. As an accomplished speaker, coach and author, she brings joy, laughter and connection to every interaction. Her book, Can't See the Wood for the Trees, and her podcast, Landscaping Your Life with Alison Smith, showcase her exceptional tools and insights. Now, before we move on, a big shout out to our sponsor, Flywell Nation. If you're a high achiever seeking that extra lift in your business, then look no further than Flywell Nation. There, you can tap into the wealth of knowledge shared by high impact achievers just like you. Get exclusive access to resources and broaden your horizons. You'll experience a surge in growth and newfound insights, all while fostering powerful and genuine connections that can take your business to another level. The time to act is now. Claim your spot today and initiate a transformative journey. Join at innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel. In our conversation today, Alison and I discussed the power of metaphor and how it can be used to help us find solutions to our problems. Here are three key takeaways from this conversation. 
Metaphors contain solutions hidden within them, and exploring them can lead to a list of options that can be taken back to the real-life situation. Metaphor is a way of bringing inner wisdom into conscious awareness, and looking to nature can help people reflect on their feelings and gain insight into their situation. And understanding individual motivations and roles is key to facilitating behaviour change and incorporating metaphors into corporate training can help people understand many different perspectives. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Alison Smith. Hi. I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome today to the InnovaBuzz podcast from Scotland, from Fife in Scotland, Alison Smith, who's a business consultant, a trainer, a speaker, an author, and also a business coach. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Alison. Great, great to be really here. I'm really stoked to have you yeah, here. Great to be here. Yeah, now you help people get unstuck when they're struggling and don't know what to do, and that's that's a kind of a big overarching um, situation. So I'm looking forward to learning more about that part. You also host the Landscaping Your Life podcast. You have a book called Can't See the Wood for the Trees, Landscaping Your Life to Get Back on Track. And all of those, um, that whole idea of landscaping your life is about using metaphor to help get unstuck. Um, that's uh, something that I'm really excited to dig into today. Before we do that, though, what's the impact you're making in the world today, Alison? I, I think it's at an individual level. So even when I'm working with teams, the impact is at an individual level where I'm helping people connect in with their inner wisdom if you if you follow all the tracks. People taking self um being more self-aware, taking personal responsibility and listening to their own inner wisdom to make decisions and get back on track. Mm, I like that term inner wisdom. What what do you understand by that? Um there's lots of different words for it, but I think I would, so you could, could, some people might call it soul, but for me, it's just that inner knowing. It's the part of you that isn't really that overly logical um, and is running the show unconsciously behind logic. So it's the, the part that does know what to do. And, and therefore, for me, quite mm. that's where metaphor for me helps because it bypasses all of the resistance and barriers that logic puts up because logic will defend its position. And there's a part of you that's going, but I don't want to do that. And, mm. it, and it's about listening to that. Um, yeah, the part of you that does. Um, one of the mm. other answers I could have given you about what do I think I help people do is bring humanity into business. But that's exactly that inner wisdom. It's allowing the, putting the must sorts and shoulds of stereotypes of what we think we should do in business and saying, if I turn up as me in all of my humanity, that's what the world needs. Mm. Mm. Fascinating. And with that inner wisdom, I, I'm guessing that a lot of that, or my, my experience is a lot of that is almost unconscious or so ingrained in our character that we take it for granted so we don't necessarily tap into it or 
we don't necessarily we, we may tap into it and use it for ourselves but we don't necessarily share it with others how do you see that and how do you help people tap into that inner wisdom and and make the best use of it i think I think that's where the metaphor comes in, because for me, metaphor is taking that inner wisdom and putting it in front of us. So that's why I go out in nature, that I invite people to look at nature and say, how is what you're seeing in that landscape reflecting either how you're feeling, the current situation you're wanting insight on? So it is automatically taking that inner wisdom and putting it in front so that people can see it. And I think that's where it makes it more tangible because somebody goes, oh, well, I'm noticing, especially if you're in, in groups, people will m notice such different parts of the landscape hmm. and then realize that that part of the landscape is talking to them or is a part of them that's talking to them about, oh, I need to turn that corner or, uh, oh, I need to follow a path or I need to not follow a path. And it's... Yeah you know what, I've always wanted to do this and why am I only now realising that, that, you know, the inner wisdom has been nudging me to say, stop following the current path. So it is, it is bringing out into conscious awareness what's happening, I think, well, I'd like to say, um, what's happening underneath. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, I... I was reflecting back on some of the metaphors that you list in your book and also some of the others that that brought to mind and I thought, well, a lot of those metaphors come back from, it was sort of, um, oh, what's that, corporate speak from my corporate days and a lot of them had negative connotations. So we talked a lot about spinning wheels in the sand or uh, up the creek without a paddle, which I think features in the book, um, uh, going out on a limb, which perhaps was more positive um, sometimes. Um, how do you use those metaphors? Because they're stuck in a rut as well. How do you take those metaphors and kind of bring them into a positive light? Um, I think what I observed, you're quite right, that people use them negatively because they use a lot of um, metaphors or idioms to describe them being stuck. So what mm. I realized was that metaphor has solutions hidden within it, but we're using it to mm. say we're stuck. So when we use the, the, those words, we're saying, you know, I can't see the wood for the trees. That's it. I'm stuck. Full stop. And what the process I use suggests is that those very words contain a a metaphor and that metaphor does have, have solutions so I would say you know if you can't if you resonate with can't see the wood for the trees or up a creek without a paddle put the situation to one side so we don't want to start saying how does what I'm just about to say relate to that situation too quickly we need to stay with the metaphor for as long as possible but then it's okay so if I can't see the wood for the trees what would I do in a real wood? And quite often I've taken, you know, suited business people out into a wood mm -hmm. and we've explored the wood. Or I've sat here in Scotland and I've had somebody in uh, America wandering around a wood at their end and inviting them questions about, so what are you noticing about this wood? And I still get goosebumps now, even 20 years after first using it, because people still see things that I've never heard anybody say that they've noticed. 
And that's just the yeah. power of metaphor that somebody will say, um, you know, a lot of people might say, oh, I need to follow that path or not follow that path. Um, or, oh, I need to turn around and go in the completely the opposite direction. Um, but then I had somebody recently say something about, oh, it's all about the river. It's about the stream. I need to follow the stream. And that's much more difficult. Mm. And so therefore it came, um, we had a conversation about the difficulty involved in following a stream through a wood versus following a path and then understanding. So how, how does that then relate to their problem? Because that's the idea. We just come up with multiple different mm. solutions for seeing the wood for the trees um, and then, um, then look to relate them to the current situation. But only once we've got a lovely list because what I, it's told our head is, you said those words and believed there were no options. You've now got a lovely list of options. Now let's take those options back to the real life situation. But um, there was one time when there was, I don't know, six, six business people with me. And uh, we were talking about not being able to see the wood for the trees. And obviously looked lost because there was a ranger walking past and literally came up to us and said do you want a map <laughs> so of course then there was a conversation about how many people had maps to help them get out of the problem that they were um you know working on hmm. Hmm. yeah it's fascinating isn't it because um i guess you talked about tapping into that inner wisdom and and people noticing different things when so different people going to the woods and noticing different things and you're still surprised after so many years of using the technique what people will notice and part of that i suppose is what is it that resonates with them that's that's kind of somehow um, their unconscious is noticing that as opposed to all the other things they could be noticing and and there's probably some connection between that and the issues that, yeah. that are going on and bubbling in their yeah, it's pat brain pattern or recognition. underneath. Yeah, pattern recognition. Yeah. It's like what pattern what pattern out there? I'm not sorry, I'm looking out of my window because there's nature out of the window. <laughs> so what pattern out there in nature is can we map this problem or the solution onto to say, oh yeah, I need a higher vantage point. Of course I haven't got to a higher vantage point. I can't see everything. Right. How can I get that vantage point in this problem that I'm trying to solve? Mm, love it. So how did you discover this technique? How did you kind of was this something that you've evolved over time or was it something you stumbled upon because you you had an experience? Um, both. <laughs> In terms of the first time was um, I'm, I left university and went into procurement. So my profession is procurement. And uh, in the mid-90s, we were trying to explain to managers in the business why they needed to be listening to what we were talking about in procurement and why supplier management ought to be something uh, that they took more paid more attention to and when we talked about theory and about supplier management came out with all these lovely models uh, of supplier management they just glazed over and went yeah yeah we're doing it as soon as we invited them to a workshop and said we're going to design a garden 
and then said and, and asked them to think about, well, what do you need for a garden? And they said, oh, we need to mow the lawn. We need it weeding. We need to think about the design of where we put some plants. You know, some plants will or won't um, thrive in shade, etc., etc. And oh, well, some plants need time in the greenhouse. Once they designed their garden, looking at us thinking, this is a procurement workshop, what we're we doing. And then we said, all of what you've just done, now, now put suppliers' names to all of those plants. Oh, oh, that that supplier is that tree where the roots are undermining the um, the you know the house. And oh, oh no, that supplier needs time in the greenhouse. And yeah, we haven't really done any weeding at all. And if we think about it with our suppliers. It's as if we're just <laughs> buying them, plonking them anywhere and then wandering off and then wondering why they've died, you know. Um, so what it did so easily and fun, uh, people remembered it. They suddenly realized that, oh, we need to pay attention to what they're saying. We do need to look after our suppliers. And it gave them a different language to talk about suppliers. Oh, that that isn't a a useless supplier, it just needs a bit more time in the greenhouse. Or, oh, that supplier is using too much of our time and it's because they're a weed. So what do we need to do to get rid of them? So that was in the mid-90s. And I think then when I went to a neuro-linguistic programming course and, and we explored the power of metaphor, I sort of took that gardening as a metaphor for procurement into landscapes as a metaphor for life. And whilst on the NLP, obviously, we looked at a broader range of, of metaphor, I continued with that using nature. And I think the more I realise that I do most of my poetry writing in nature, I get most of my innovation and ideas in nature. When I'm stuck, I go to nature. It isn't a surprise that I've then... I suppose, adopted the metaphor of using nature as the, met as the metaphor that we're going to use for, to facilitate change. Mm -hmm. That's, it's fascinating, isn't it? The, the impact that has and the, one of the things that you mentioned earlier is you work at more at an individual level, but you've talked a lot about teams, bringing teams together, taking teams out of the nature. So how do you kind of mix the two up, working at the individual level and in getting getting the transformation that happens to kind of um, get translated right through the team? Yeah, the, I think what's happened is, is that I get asked in, and, and even in procurement training, I get asked in to do procurement training. So the procurement training is, here's the process, and yeah, absolutely, it's about facilitating change of behavior in the team. But what I've discovered, and I suppose that comes from the NLP piece, the coaching I do, is that each individual's reason for not changing or resisting changing is different. So what I have to do at the beginning of any training is provide you know, a question, uh, an exercise that enables people to tap into themselves for them to understand, oh, I'm looking at this situation in this way because mm. this is how I think. This person is looking at it differently. And therefore, because quite often I'm working with people who are wanting to 
facilitate change in stakeholders. And they then realize that they're different from the stakeholders. They individually are different from the stakeholders. And therefore, then want to understand more about the different ways they are different from those stakeholders and how might those stakeholders think differently and what might motivate those stakeholders to listen. So I think it's just the fact that even when I'm talking to a group, every individual has got a different aha moment and a different way mm. in. And that's that's the bit I enjoy. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's not about the, yeah, I'm going to just do this one, the same thing every yeah. time. One colleague I do some training with says, you're not happy unless you've changed something. And, <laughs> and that's right. But it is because in the moment somebody says something that in, in I suppose, how I work triggers for me the, okay, what we would normally do isn't going to work for this audience or that person. And mm. in that moment, I'm going, so what might I, what I, either have I tried before or, or knew might work in this instance? And then it's, all oh, right, we'll ask a different question or we'll do, we'll do it something slightly differently because that's what I'm tracking. I'm not tracking the, does the group get the process? I'm tracking has, mm. has the group got the change in mindset needed to go and do everything different afterwards. Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I, when I started doing NLP training and went through all the levels of that, well, very early on, actually, I realized there was the missing piece from all my corporate training that I'd done where groups were brought together and, okay, we're going to do this process or we're going to make this change or there's this new thing we're going to do or we're going to uh, merge this company in and here's what happens. and so on and it was all around everybody got the same training everybody was expected to follow the process yeah. uh, which is fine uh, but everybody was expected to sort of go down the one path in terms of you know what motivated them to change how what was their role going to be in that change and of course each individual as you pointed out was was different there and was motivated differently so yeah, yeah, that was a missing bit for me when I saw that. And I thought, well, that's nice to go back now and uh, actually be a consultant to some of those <laughs> things where I was a participant and say, here's how you should have done it. Yeah. <laughs> the um, change management's hilarious, I think, because everybody's really judgmental of their stakeholders that they're wanting to change. Oh, they're resistant. They're not listening to me. <laughs> and, um, and what I've learned is the first question that you ask, actually, on any session is, why do you why do you resist change? And people will come up with a lovely list and they're very empathetic and, and sympathetic or about those reasons. And um, and then once they've got this list of why they resist change and, and then you go, well, I go, so they're all the same reasons that your stakeholders are resisting change. They're not being awkward for awkward sake. It's just that they don't understand the benefits or they don't understand what you're asking or you've not involved them or all of those things, which then means that they can take responsibility for, okay, so if these are the reasons I resist change, what do I need to do in order to, to mitigate those and come up with a plan that helps my stakeholders come along with me? Um, and that's, hmm. I mean, everybody looks at me and goes, but that's such a simple question. Yeah, but it gets people back into their own bodies to realize yeah. they're not different from the stakeholder. The stakeholder is, is them in any other situation. 
and therefore there's much more empathy about oh yeah I didn't really involve them did I mm, okay I need to involve mm. them I need to ring them up and apologize or whatever whereas yeah. at the, the, the start of the conversation they're very much more judgmental of you know I want to facilitate you know this change to happen and they're the reason it's not happening yeah yeah, well, it's it's kind of a little bit. I mean, one of the presuppositions of NLP is that um, we have control over our own um, response to whatever situation we're in, rather than being being at cause, rather than being at effect. So being affected, and I'm just sort of uh, trying to attach this to the metaphor of the forest. So if I can't see the wood for the trees, I could cut down all the trees, uh, and and then maybe I can see the wood, but that wouldn't really be a good solution <laughs> particularly not in the real sense <laughs> um, so a, a better way would be to take more responsibility and say well can I climb a mountain so I can see down over the trees <laughs> the, um, the the other thing that, um, that the first question I ask if somebody can't see the wood for the trees well sorry the second one the first one is quite often about where do you want to be? Because quite often people don't even want to be in the trees. And it's, oh, I just want to get to the other side of the trees. And I'm being distracted by the trees. So that's, okay, great. So what are you being distracted by? How do we stop you being distracted by that? What do you want? Let's get on it. Um, but the second question, and my head's now gone, well, oh, this is, this is the problem sometimes. I'll go off at one tangent and then it's like, oh, I need to rein myself back. What was the second question? What inspired me that? What did you say that inspired me to go, oh, yes, and then game off that? The second question. Oh, golly, my head's gone. We'll have to come back to yeah, it. I was, I... Unless you can remember the question. <laughs> I was talk... the, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's my excitement. Well, I talked about um, chopping down the trees as oh, opposed to climbing the mountain. You're a gem. To... You're a gem. Thank you. <laughs> um, absolutely. The second question is, in what way are you um, adding more trees to the wood? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm there busy trying to put more trees in and then blaming everybody else for there being too many trees. So, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, so there's lots of, um, lots of metaphors to remember. Hmm. I know I find um, the the concept of kind of removing oneself from the day-to-day -day activities and going out and for me it's often into nature as well but for me it's activities that um, I really enjoy doing kind of as a hobby so bike riding or or photography and and those are the times when I can be just so focused on that one activity that everything else disappears I and mean, time almost stands still but then I come back to a problem and I, or often what happens is in the middle of that, there'll be some spark and it's, it's almost like somebody's whacked me over the head and I, oh, that's what I've got to do with that. <laughs> um, and so it, I imagine it's, there's experiences like that that happen when, when you do these activities. Yeah, yes. I mean, I don't, it's not always the activities that I'm getting people to do. And I think perhaps that, that facilitates the change. You're right. So it could just be the fact that they're out, they're walking. You know, there's, there's quite a bit of research out that said, you know, if you're trying to solve a problem, walk side by side mm. with somebody and talk about it. 
because that and walk and that the movement does stuff within your body and you know being out in nature does other stuff so yeah i don't i don't suggest that only the questions i ask facilitate the change there'll be a, all sorts of things coming together mm. that, that facilitate that yeah definitely yeah but the 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 idea i like the idea of the walk um walking and talking and i think that's another way that if i understand the research correctly that's another way to kind of bypass that um logical filter yeah uh, the other thing about that is that I'd suggest whenever you see them, there's those A5 whiteboards with a with a, a pen that's attached to the whiteboards that you see in those sort mm -hmm. of stationary shops. Um, buy them because they're so handy when you're going for a, meet, a walking meeting. Unless you've got your phone and you can and you use notes on your phone, but they're quite yeah. handy. So if I quite often send people out with those because. They've only got one thing to hold in their hand. It's already got the pen attached to it. And the whiteboard mm. aspect of it makes it easier to write because you've not got pieces of paper that, you know, and pens and trying to Flap lean around. on it. Mm. So, yeah, a whiteboard um, is in my kit bag for most of the training if we do things outside. Um, just so that if people are walking along and, oh, yeah, I need to remember to do that, write it on the, the whiteboard. Mm. Excellent. Well, this is fascinating. Uh, we could go on talking <laughs> metaphors for ages, and we've, we've only really done the wood for the trees one. There's, we could explore another one or another few, um, but I'm just aware of the time. So I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our Lovely. innovation round. And it's the same five questions I ask every guest. So the idea is you'll inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result of your answers. Cool. You're all set? I am all set. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Do something different every day. Is my number one yeah, go-to mm. activity, especially if we've got into that um, rut. Mm, I love it. And I'm, I'm studying a little bit about... Um, the impact of diet on um, our health, not just weight, but our health overall and preventing disease with diet and so on. And, and one of the things that is coming out very clearly on that is um, varying the diet within kind of the range of foods that are good for you, but varying the diet, also varying the times you eat um, and and rather than having the same breakfast every day at the same time, have different meals at different times of the day, um, maybe have dinner for breakfast one day and, and swap the times around or different times. And, and it's all around the our body is designed to be lazy, to conserve energy, and it needs to be challenged to become more stress-resistant or stress-resilient. Is the word, and part of that is is that stress resilience is increased stress resilience is what will wow. ward off um, disease yeah. as well. So in in a way, that's that's another innovative way to change. Yeah, perhaps that is why that works because I'll quite often say you know twenty, mm. and it might be it's a twenty eight day challenge. Um, 
you know, do something every day different for 28 days it, it, because it's not enough to only do it for two days because it's, you know, mm. you, get, you get the, oh, I'll, I'll put my socks on or put them on a different way around or whatever. <laughs> but after two or three days, you get into the uncovering patterns of uh, unhelpful mm. patterns or the, um, yeah, the autopilot you've got onto various things. And every time I yeah. do it, it's hugely enlightening about, oh, how often do I say no to things? Oh, I'm going to say yes a bit more. Hmm. Wonderful. All right. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? I still think it's going out into nature and writing. So if I am stuck, it's it's not just... I realize it's not just going out in nature. It's going out into nature, sitting in nature with a pen in hand so and writing. Um, and I don't know whether that's just because that is the quickest way to get in touch with my inner wisdom and therefore new, you know, new ideas emerge from that. I kept trying to come up with a, mm. with a better answer to that question and I kept coming <laughs> back to, but Alison, the answer's that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's, um, you know, we talked about walking and, um, with a partner and making notes uh, around the discussion there. And there are apps now where you can walk and talk into the app. And that's, again, that comes back to that idea of because of the movement that taps into more of that inner wisdom that you call, that you described earlier. I must try that then because I normally sit down and write. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the same if I say it out loud, but I will try it because I'm on holiday for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So I will, I will <laughs> take that as a, I'll write it down and uh, have a go. Hmm. There you go. All right. Do you have a favourite resource you use most often? Um, other than the tools that I keep mentioning, um, <laughs> this is a bit yeah. dog-eared. <laughs> um, the Creative Whack Pack by Roger Von Erk. <laughs> And it's just a series of, I like cards, a series of cards, because again, it's, it's not logic choosing, you're just choosing and then you're invited to think about how does this card relate. So, um, so the one I've just chosen is see the positive. So it would just be inviting you to, um, and then, and there's a sort of a bit of a quote underneath it. But again, you, you can go off to all sorts of tangents then, dependent on, Oh, am I being a bit too negative at the moment? In what way am I? So if it's a new idea, seeing the positive might be suggesting, why am I discounting that idea? Why am I jumping down? It's, you know, Disney, um, lots of the NLP Disney technique is let's not jump in with all the reasons why it won't work before we've come up with all the reasons mm. why it would. Um, so I think what I like about the cars is, is the fact that it's not logical necessarily, and therefore we're, we're yeah. quite often invited to think something different. Hmm. And and there's a game aspect to it as well, isn't there? And the game aspect kind of gives people permission to kind of not follow the rules yeah. of this is Lovely. how we do things in this yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, business. Hmm. All right, what's the best way to keep a client on track? Um, For example, when you're doing that 28-day challenge... Yeah, it is. And I I was only talking about it yesterday with somebody that we we forget the, the power of just 
splitting everything down into smaller chunks and keeping on track, you know, keeping an eye on what it is. Because I was talking to somebody and they're going, oh, you know, this isn't happening. Well, where's your plan? Well, I don't have a plan. It's Mm. like, oh. Um, So I think it is that let's look at what needs to be done. Let's break it into smaller chunks. We've just been doing some bite-sized videos. And, uh, yeah, the power of having daily check-ins to say, where are we? What problems have we got? What, who needs to be doing what? Um, so, yeah, it's not fundamentally new. It's, it's going back to the, what we know works that we quite often don't do. Yeah, yeah. Breaking it down into small pieces. That's so powerful. And I, I have to keep reminding myself of that. And, and in a way, that's like, there's the forest. Yes. And it's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah let's do one tree. Got to get to the home. other side. Well, let, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Um, I would say it's being themselves. Um, and there, and that requires us not to listen to the stereotypes and not listen to the, oh, in order to be in business, Alison, you have to not be jolly. In order to be in business, you have to work, you know, wear a particular type of suit or whatever. Um, so I think it's my journey has all has absolutely been about when I'm at my Alisony best. That's when others, when I bring out the best in others. And when we make, you know, more innovative ideas and we move, make more progress. And I think that's the same for everybody, that we've all got a gift to bring. But sometimes we hide it behind the mask of this is how I should Mm. be in business. And so I often say we need to bring our humanity into business. But what I really mean is our ourselves. You know, if we're really geeky Mm. about something or we've got a real area of expertise why would we hide it for fear of oh that's not what's needed in business Um, yeah that's wonderful advice and it comes back to this idea of if we've all got well we all have inner wisdom of some sort and tapping into that that brings that out if we're kind of trying to be somebody else or trying to behave like somebody else then that puts a barrier in front of that right completely and i think people underestimate the fact that they are are able and react to that barrier so so that they Mm. don't understand why they're not gelling with somebody and it's because there's that barrier that it's not Mm. how they're acting per se it's how they're not acting that's the issue that somehow (laughs) it's i know i know there's something you're not telling me I know there's something you're hiding from me. I don't know what that is. Therefore, I'm going to make up a whole load of reasons of what you might be hiding from me. And actually, all you're hiding from me is that part of you. And you might not say Mm. anything different. about Your recommendations may be exactly the same. But because you're hiding something, I, I don't trust your recommendations. As soon as you say the same recommendations from a place of, this is me. I've got purple extensions in the hair. I laugh and I can get a bit giggly. Um, people go, oh, yeah, they'll forgive me my laughter because I'm being me. They don't see it as false. They see it as, a yeah, that's Alison. You know, sometimes I might have a fit of hmm. giggles and they'll forgive me it because it's me. And, the, and therefore, hmm. people will forgive all sorts of foibles if they know it's us being authentic. 
and then they'll listen to our advice. It would be my view on it. <laughs> yeah. And and again, coming back to what you said earlier about being judgmental about things, and we we tend to be very judgmental about ourselves and say, well, that's um, maybe um, having a giggling fit or whatever it, it is is not acceptable to a certain audience that I want to get in front, and yet they probably don't care. Yes. It's probably more important. It's probably more important that they see, yes, this person is sincere and genuine. Yeah. The um, There's a video blog of me going out into nature, no surprise there, and picking up sticks to demonstrate the sticks we beat ourselves up with and then putting them down. And what I was surprised, because this is the thing when you go out into nature, it's like, oh, I'm going to embody this saying, I'm going to put the sticks down. And I thought it was just going to be one stick I was picking up and putting it down. But when I got out there, I went, oh, no. Oh, no, there's a few sticks, isn't there? And, um, and, and there's big sticks and there's heavy sticks and there's long sticks. And so I think I picked up about five or six sticks and put them down. But since then, what I realized when I embodied that we pick the sticks up nobody else hands us the sticks we not only do we beat ourselves up with the sticks we pick our it's as if we pick the sticks up in order to beat ourselves up with them so um yeah so, so it's a great reminder that you know when we're when we're being negative towards ourselves and beating ourselves up that's all all us <laughs> Hmm. You know, we're doing that picking up of the sticks. We're looking for those yeah, reasons right. to we can, have a go at ourselves. Yeah, and we can choose to put them we away, can. put them back yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Alison. This has been fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you and maybe even reach out to say thank you, listen to your podcast, um, buy the book? Um, the best way, because there's a few Alison Smiths, so if you start searching Alison Smiths, whether it's .co or whatever, then you'll, you might miss me. So the best bit is to look for Landscaping Your Life because Landscaping Your Life on LinkedIn, Landscaping Your Life uh, on Amazon, Landscaping Your Life on YouTube, um, then you're at a landscaping life on podcasts because the landscape the podcast is called landscaping your life uh the book has got mm. landscaping your life in the title uh then you'll find me Has either hashtag landscaping your life or just the full way and that will find me in all the various different places that i pop up excellent and we'll we'll include links in the show notes Gorgeous. to all those places as well so people can find them so thanks so much for sharing your time and your wisdom. Actually, I do need to ask one more question. And what, what uh, action would you like our listener to take out of our conversation today, Alison? Do something different. Do something different today. Do something different. And ideally for the next 28 days. But, it, but if not, just do something different today. Excellent. Well, that's... that's uh, Pretty simple to execute a uh, call to action, so um, I look forward to hear what people come up with. <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights today so generously, Alison. It's been fun to talk about forest and trees and woods and metaphors and sticks, big sticks, <laughs> little sticks, <laughs> and uh, I've really enjoyed it and learned a lot. So um, all the best for the future and please do stay in touch. Thank you. I've had a great time.
I hope you enjoyed that insightful and informative conversation with Alison and took something away from her episode. Now take Alison's advice. Do something different today. Something you haven't done before, perhaps. Then do something different again the next day. See if you can keep that up for 28 days. Build the habit of doing something different every day. And it might be as simple as starting with a metaphor that, or a saying that you might use even completely unconsciously. Explore that saying. Explore the metaphor. Find out, is there something hidden in that unconsciously that you can tap into some inner wisdom? Allison's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Allison Smith. That is A-L-I-O-S-O-N-S-M-I-T-H. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Allison Smith. You'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Allison there, as well as links to her website, the Landscape Your Life podcast, her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in the conversation. If you're still listening in to this episode and found this dialogue enriching, then share the experience with someone else who could benefit. Also, take a moment to secure your episode bookmark token and permanent record at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. For just the equivalent of a single coffee, you can own a unique piece of this show that will be yours forever. Your token purchase will benefit both Alice and our guest, who will receive 50% of the revenue and the continued production of this podcast. It is a sincere way of showing Alison that her episode made an impact on you. Alison suggested that we have a conversation with some kids, teenagers, like those that might be living next door, to tap into the insights of the younger generation. Really interesting suggestion. So, stay tuned. I will put that on my list of potential next guests see whether some of the teenagers that I know might like to have a conversation with me and record it in the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community, where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations, and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywheel Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.